Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, 105.1 FM as well, streaming at KLIZ.com and wherever your podcasts, uh, just look for Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and uh, you can find our podcast every week. Brought away in part by Craigan's Legacy Courses, home of the 2023 CRMC Classic, which is uh, uh, Canadian Tour Canada coming up soon. And also by Holiday Station stores on Mill Avenue, Cross Lake, and Excelsior Road. Stop into those locations, if you will. Chris, uh, exciting week on tour as the uh, playoffs get going. And, man, Lucas Glover all of a sudden found lightning in a bottle the last few weeks. He, he has played very well. And, uh, you know, the, big, the biggest difference has is, is been around the greens. And, uh, you know, he, he is... Throughout his career, he's been one of the, the best ball strikers on the planet, and he's always struggled with the putter. And the, you know, the, the weeks where he's putted well, he, he's you know up until two weeks ago, he had uh, four tour wins, and you know he had a cut. The weeks that he's won, one being the U.S. Open, he, he's putted really well, but those other weeks, not so much. And I, I saw a great stat. Uh, after his win, and you know, from the start of the 22 season, um, over the the first over his first 62 rounds, he lost 31.62 strokes gained around the green. Well, over the last 22 rounds, he's gained 61.6 strokes. Wow! So quite a quite a remarkable turnaround and. A lot of it can can be attributed to a slight change in you know technique, but a, a big change in a putter. Yeah, he went to the, the longer putter, and it sure is working for him. Wow. Yeah, it's working great. He uh, and he he looked well both the last two weeks. He looked so solid over the greens, and I mean, not even no apprehension at all in his stroke. He just stepped up, and you know, he, he's making every you know three, four, five footer he looks at and he, he might miss a, a six incher over the past several years. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was certainly struggled. It was it was fun to see and up against the best guys in the world down the stretch. Rory McAvoy was right there. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood who could stand to make a putt or two a little more often too is was right in the mix. Yeah, both both those guys. I mean you know, Patrick can't like losing in a playoff. Um you know, Cantlay's you know continues to play well with a you know every week a top fifteen finish. But Rory is guess she's been in the top you know four, five, six. It, it seems like every single week over the last three or four months, and he's just uh, he is he's got a breakthrough here sometime. And Tommy Fleetwood, another another great great tournament for him. And uh, Corey Connors continues to have every week he's a top 20 and Jordan Spieth had another great tournament so it's uh, a high level of play some exciting finishes on the PGA Tour this year Points all get uh, rearranged every week now in the playoffs and there's 50 guys left for the next tournament, correct? Correct, yeah so low, low 50 from last week, move on to, on to this week and um, yeah, it's Right now, the standings are John Rahm, number one, Scotty Scheffler, second, Lucas Glover, third, Patrick Cantley, fourth, Max Homer, Mac, Patrick Cantley, fifth, 
Max Homa sixth, Victor Hovland seventh, Wyndham Clark eighth, Ryan Harmon ninth, and Tommy Fleetwood tenth. And probably probably any anybody inside of the top fifteen can uh, still has a chance to win the win the FedEx Cup with uh, with a couple good finishes. They're in Chicago this week. Have you played there before, Chris? Where they are? They're at Olympia Fields. I have not played there. I went to uh, a conference there a couple of years ago, actually put on by Cheryl Anderson's husband, Lauren, who uh, used to run the golf magazine Top 100 list and uh, runs an organization of, uh, of top teachers. So I was at a conference there and uh, did you know kind of drive around the golf course but wasn't able to play. It's a, it's a great another great Chicago venue for golf and has a great tradition of uh, hosting some other great championships. It was quite a difference to uh, cut it to 70 when you when you watched uh, it almost felt felt different when it wasn't 125 when it went down to 70 for that first first round of the playoffs. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I kind of like the 125 because there's those guys in the bubble, you know, you're, you're almost paying as much attention to the bottom half of the leaderboard as you are the top half. Right. Uh, to see who's going to advance. I, I, I'm not sure how I, I the, the whole playoff system, I, I've never really embraced fully because it's kind of weird how they do it. But uh, uh, we'll see how this plays out the way they're doing it right now. 70 down to 50, it's almost like uh, not even that big a cut that 20 guys are, le- are not there from this last week. So 70, 50, 30, I think, is how it's going, right? That's correct, yeah. 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 All right, some great, uh, a great guest coming up. Uh, Cheryl Anderson will join us, and she's a friend of yours, and it'll uh, be a good segment, Chris. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Cheryl, one of the top uh, – golf instructors in the in the country as well as um, um, you know a great player uh, both as a club pro and on the, the senior uh, uh, senior professional scene so all right we'll be back with that after this you're listening to lakes woods and irons on the fan welcome back to lakes woods and irons with chris foley colin mcdonald with you 1380 kliz the fan also 105.1 fm and streaming at kliz.com and if you're a podcaster, find us at Lakes, Woods, and Irons on your uh, location for podcasts. Brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull and experience in dining on the shores of Gull Lake. Open year-round at 11 with deck and patio seating. And also Whitefish Golf Course in Pequot Lakes. An experience that never disappoints one of the area's premier 18-hole championship courses. Very special guest with us, Chris. I'll let you handle the introduction. Yeah, I want to welcome one of my favorite people in the game to the show. Cheryl Anderson is the Director of Instruction at the Mike Bender Golf Academy. We've had Mike on the show a number of times, but uh, Cheryl is a uh, a Golf Digest Top 50 Teacher of America and Golf Digest Top 100 and was the 2006 National LPGA Teacher of the Year. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Chris. Yeah, you know, when I... When I reached out to you the other day, I thought I, I couldn't believe I hadn't had you on the show before. But uh, I'm glad we could uh, could get you this week. It, uh, uh, you get uh, you get some good stuff coming up that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, give give us a little bit about your background, Cheryl. How did you get to where you're at today? Well, I've been 
a professional now for 33 years. So um, I grew up playing a little bit of golf, but nothing major. And I ended up going to college at Rutgers University where I really sort of fell in love with golf there and got good enough, played in an amateur and a pub links. And then I became a professional, kind of a long story made short, but that I just kind of fell into it. I thought I wanted to be kind of a head pro, but then I ended up taking a job working for a very amazing pro, Gene Borg, who played in over 40 major championships. So he was a teacher and a player. And I just I just wanted to be like Gene <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. So that kind of uh, pursued my playing career. And I, I really, I tried to be a good player because I thought that would help me to be a good teacher. And um, that's kind of how I went at it. Oh, that's great, and you've been uh, uh, you've been teaching at the Mike Bender Academy now for how long? Fifteen years. Yeah, Mike is a very good friend, and I was working up in the Metropolitan New York section. And when I had my daughter seventeen years ago, I said, you know, I'm going to take Sandy LeBeau's advice and try to work somewhere in the South so that I could have the summers off with my daughter. Because when I'm up north, right, summertime's your busiest time. So, right, it ended up. Uh, that's kind of what led me down to Florida, and it works out well. I work here hard for ten months a year, and I take eight weeks off in the summer, basically, and work on my game and take a break. Well, that's great. That's a great way to do it. Briefly escape the heat for a couple months. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I stayed one year down here. I thought I was going to die. So (laughs) (laughs) that was it. Cheryl, Mike is kind of a a mad scientist in the world. I mean, he's always coming up with these great training aids and methods. And uh, he's such an innovative guy. And uh, I know you are as well. One of the things that I always think is so cool about you guys as academy, you work with so many dedicated players, but you also work with, mm-hmm. you know, thirty handicaps as well. And um, but you know, the thing is that you see is all your players get better no matter what level they're at. And t- mm-hmm. Tell us about you know whether it's a you know it's a young man or lady who wants to play high school and college golf and beyond, or if it's a 25 handicap how do you guys go about doing that i mean how do you develop a plan for the these players and get them to you know execute that plan what kind of what's a how do how do you go about that probably very similar to you i think it just all starts with a goal right where do you want to get to some people are happy just getting on the high school team some people want to excel and play in college uh some i just had a lady today her whole goal is to play golf so she can play with her dad she's a 35 year old dentist and when he retires she want to be able to play with him so you understand what their goal is and you just kind of guide them along the way well this is how much practice you're going to need i have a chart from john weir he has a mental program mental golf type and it outlines how many hours of practice you need in order to break a certain score. And that's very helpful. Wow. So I could show that to them and just make sure that they're practicing the right things. You know, what's your biggest need? Is it to get the ball in the fairway off the tee? 
is it to shave some strokes around the short game? So, yeah, just yeah, it, figure out it's what they It's always interesting to me that so many people really don't have a good understanding of what they need. That you know they. They may think they need to, uh, you know, drive the ball better when in reality they just need to hit a few more greens, make a few more putts or whatever it is. And how do you help people analyze their game? Well, I mean, it'd be an ideal world if they had stats, right? They come to you with their stats, but we all know very few people do that. So you just got to ask them questions. Unfortunately, I can't go out and watch them play golf at the facility here which is hard for a newer golfer. If I have a junior golfer, I'm going to be more likely to go out on the course with them, okay, and watch them play. But I'm really basing my information from their information. So I'm relying on them to tell me, and then I'll be a little more inquisitive with, okay, so tell me more about that misdrive. Were you comfortable on that hole? And get into their mind a little bit as, to see if there's a certain shot that bothers them, right? Was it a dog leg left or right? Um, how were you feeling over the ball? So I always try to rule that stuff out first before I chase the technique. Then once I know that's all ruled out, then I figure out, well, where's the technical issue coming from? And here's what we got to do. And Cheryl, how much when, when you do, you know, once you kind of have a player's game analyzed, how much time do you encourage them to work on technique? How much time on, you know, on more random mm-hmm. practice? And how much time on the golf course? Well, it's, <laughs> I'm just going to go off a basic student that would come, like, who wants to improve their handicap a little bit. They don't have a ton of time to practice, let's be honest, right? So yeah. I try to give them drills that they can do in the house, at home. We use the walls here a lot. We put balls in people's hands and get them to understand how to change the motor pattern, right? And then I might even suggest, okay, get into the backyard and just hit the tee out of the ground doing this move and getting, I like small chunks more often rather than big range sessions for people. So. I much prefer that they do little things at home throughout the week, and then when they get to the range, okay, now here's what you got to do when you're at the range. You got to set up a start line pole. You need your impact bag. You got to spin this bag to the right, whatever it is, and lay out, okay, you need to be hitting probably 27 irons, 20 hybrids, and 20 drives um, for your full swing. So I'll be a little more detailed when they're at the range. Uh, that's great, and you know that, that's a that's a good segue into you know as a as a teaching pro like you are, like I am, or a club pro. We 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 have limited time to work on our games, but uh, yeah. you you've done a great you've done a such a great job of maintaining your game, and just recently qualified for the uh, uh, U.S. Women's Senior Open coming up, and uh, had a great finish in that event last year as well as the ladies PGA. So tell us about... Okay. Sorry, I cut you off. I finished 17 years ago. Last year, I just made the cut. I could barely swing. I had so much tendonitis in my arm. And this year, I feel really healthy. So that's a big plus. But the way I go about it, for me, I 
I need that small chunks too. So I love hitting golf balls and I get to work at like 730 because I drop my daughter off at school at 715. So I use that time in the gym. I do probably 15 minutes of exercises and then I only hit balls for like 15, 20 minutes. But it keeps my body mobile, flexible, and I don't lose the feels. So that way, once I start gearing up for an event, it doesn't feel like I'm starting all over again. So I try to put a little time into my day for myself. Well, that's great. And, and how, how many events do you play throughout the year? Are most of them in the summer? Do you try to play a little bit in the winter as well? No, that's what's interesting. Um, I honestly maybe play three events in the summer and they're all close together, which is great. And when I do take my break, I go upstate New York and Lake Placid, New York, and I practice for like a month. So the senior open comes at a great time for me because that's when I've had my month of rest and golf. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Do you have any the senior open is in... Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Mac. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, I suspect Chris at times wants to throw his arms up in the air when he's teaching me. <laughs> <laughs> Not true, man. <Matt>. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. Cheryl, is it the senior the senior open is coming up. Is it uh, next week or two weeks? Next week, I fly out Sunday, and I'm going to have a practice round. I. I'm playing with the past champion one day. Um, Jill McGill won it last year. So I I put my name right with her. <laughs> I'm going to go Good out and get up with her. You know, that's part of being a teacher, too. You want to just get out there and see what they're doing. And so I'm going to play with Charlotta Sorenstam one day. And uh, Sarah Sanders, who played the tour. I haven't seen her in 20 years. It's a remarkable event. It's like a big, you know, celebration of women's golf to be honest um and to see like joanne carner play she's 83 years old and hollis stacy still plays and she's very competitive i mean she she's right on that cut line every year so it's inspiring really to see these women still playing golf in their 70s and 80s still competing at a high level um it makes me want to keep playing you know I kind of thought there was an end to my career to be honest and then when the USGA came out with the senior open five years ago I was reignited I was like oh because I love to compete um probably more than just play golf to be honest so that got me going again it's so nice to see you know both at the amateur and the professional level so many of these young girls who play college golf and maybe aren't quite good enough to to play beyond college there really haven't been many playing opportunities for them uh and there still aren't as many as you'd like to see but but now they're starting to have some lady mid-am events and so many so many ladies stop playing after college and the same thing with you know on the professional side and the club pro side it's so great to see more events the senior um i just played up at kingsmill virginia in the LPGA National Club Pro Championship, the senior division had more players than the championship division. How about that? That's great. That's really That's good. really cool. Now, we got to get more young girls probably playing, but there were like 
55 ladies teeing it up in the senior division. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question for you, Cheryl, is, is how do we get more young women involved in the game? And um, two-part, how do we get more young women involved? And secondly, there are so many opportunities for women in the, in the game of golf. And, um, you know, what would your suggestions be for a, for a young lady who wants to pursue a career in golf? Well, I think it's important to have friends that play golf. I didn't have many girlfriends that played. The huge change now is LPGA Girls Golf Program. There are so many girls playing the game now that are introduced to the game. And then you have places like Top Golf that are really getting more people trying golf. And I think probably how do you get them maybe interested in um, more opportunities? I think as a whole, the PGA, I know they try to do it, but they they send um, people like myself out to talk to girls, maybe in Girl Camp programs, to just explain, hey, even if you don't want to compete at golf, think of the longevity. You can play golf to you're 100 years old, and you can use it as a tool to help your business grow. Um, I met my husband playing golf. Um, great a vehicle to work maybe, you know, even at a country club um, on the marketing side, whatever, if you don't want to teach the game or be in the golf shop. So, you know, it's a nice job. It's not like you don't have to worry too much about uh, war, (laughs) (laughs) depression, uh, you know, counseling people who are having a hard time Golf is a really fun livelihood and just a great game to play for your life. I I, I do a lot of counseling on the lesson T show. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. I guess I do too. We don't need to share any of that, Chris. (laughs) No, I I think you're exactly right. But, you know, there's so many um, for, for, women who are comfortable playing golf and enjoy playing the game, they, they have so many advantages over other ladies from a business standpoint, from just a recreation standpoint. And the, the game can mean so many things to so many of us, whether it's just for fun or to play with your family or to be as a competitive outlet. And uh, uh, if you can combine that with your, your profession too, I mean, what a, what a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I always hear from my students, like golf is the game where you're out there and you really get to know the people you're playing with and you can do deals or just figure out if you like hanging out with that person. Whereas if you play like tennis, you're just whacking the ball around and you might have like a two-minute conversation, right? Golf, you're out there for four hours plus and you really get to understand who you're with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cheryl, that is, that is great stuff. We got to be mindful of your time. You're you're on the lesson team in about five minutes, I know. So, uh, I really pre- I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, good luck in the uh, U.S. Women's Senior Open coming up next week. Well, thank you, Chris and Matt. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thank you. You're Bye-bye. listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and uh, 105.1 FM this year, also streaming at KLIZ.com. And if you podcast, just look for Lakes, Woods, and Irons on your podcast, and you can find us there. Brought to you in part by Shannon's Auto Body with a new location to better serve the Brainerd Lakes area. Also by SCR Northern, the guys and gals with Old Man Winter on the truck. Have Amy Roberts with me. Let's see, Senior Manager, Tournament Business Affairs for the uh, for the Canadian uh, PGA Tour. Amy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'll just uh, would talk briefly for our listeners that your background, uh, your job uh, with the P- with the Canadian PGA Tour. You said uh, off air you you head to every event with the guys, huh? Yep, go to every single event. We've got a, a great team. Uh, my role specifically uh, in tournament business affairs is I work with what we call the host organization. Uh, unique to this tournament, uh, Craigens Resort is both the host organization, so they're responsible for, for putting on the tournament from every facet. Uh, and they're also the host facility at the Craigen Legacy courses there. And we're really excited to be playing uh, the Tom Lehman Signature Courses uh, or course, uh, he's currently redesigning a lot of the holes there. So we're playing a new routing this year compared to last year. But to have Tom support um, his ties to the PGA Tour, you know, he also serves as the honorary chair. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to be back in Brainerd. And this is the penultimate event in the race to the Fortinet Cup in the 2023 PGA Tour Canada season. So. There'll be lots on the line uh, when we get to Brainerd uh, in a couple weeks here. Yeah, Tom's had quite a quite a run. The PGA played in Minnesota about two or three weeks back, and that was on one of his courses as well. So he's got the, the PGA Tour here and then the Canadian PGA Tour at one of his courses as well, so that's pretty cool. I think, yeah, you're on the New Dutch. They just completed the New Dutch nine a month or so ago, and uh, your boys will be out on that course uh, when you get here. Uh, really looking forward to it. You were here last year. Kind of reminds you of home, huh? It does remind me of home, Brainerd. uh, So I'm from Toronto. I live in in Canada. Um, We've got kind of our cottage country, our lake country here that reminds me a lot of Brainerd, uh, kind of in a similar time uh, drive up from Toronto to this area, same as uh, Minneapolis to Brainerd. So, yeah, I think a, a lot of our staff really look forward to the event. Um, our staff are kind of from all over the world, um, and our players in particular. There's just so much for them to do there. Um, you know, Labor Day weekend, there's a lake nearby. Hopefully they'll have the opportunity to use the amenities at uh, Craigens Resort as well. Yeah, it'd be great for them to get out on the boat, do a little fishing. Uh, I suppose they they probably get enough golf in, so they don't need to golf at one of our many great courses. But <laughs> they can get yeah, on the water and actually, have a little fun. Yeah, exactly. They're the tournament. So a lot of our players are love to fish. And so on Monday when they arrive, pretty casual, they're, they're doing complimentary guided fishing uh, on Gull Lake. So I know a lot of our players did that last year. We're hoping to get more boats this year, but they will definitely get out um, on Gull Lake at some point throughout the course of the week and in particular on Monday. Yeah, that's great fun. And then, uh, then kind of down to business after that, everybody gets working on their games and uh, the Pro-Am is fun. Our organization, Hubbard Broadcasting, is going to be involved in the Pro-Am. We were last year as well, so uh, we were lucky enough to get a good young pro last year to play with us, and same thing will happen this year. That 
That's always very fun. The guys are, one thing about uh, golfers, well, you know from traveling with them, all, uh, for the most part, I hope, in, in your case, since you travel with them, pretty good-mannered guys, and uh, the game of golf kind of teaches that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you nailed it. We we get such positive feedback from, you know, all the communities that we play yeah, I play in and whether it's, you know, people who are volunteering and talking to the players, people who may be having host housing um, with for players. And then, like you said, in the Pro-Am, that's, you know, the ultimate experience to get inside the ropes with these players. And, and like I said, just really good guys, um, highly professional um, you know, in their pursuit of playing on the PGA Tour and understand the importance to playing in that Pro-Am. But the good news this year um, in the Northern Pacific Center Pro-Am is that we're implementing what we call a 9-9 nine and nine format, which means that every group will have the opportunity to play nine holes with two different professionals. So hopefully you'll have an even better experience this year getting to, to play with uh, two professionals. Oh, great. Yeah. Last year I think I played with uh, Scott Stevens. Well, I know I did. And uh one of the things I was told before we teed it up was, wait till you see his hair when he takes his hat off. And it was true. <laughs> yeah, he and I, I have similar hair to Scott in a longer <laughs> form, so I can empathize with his the curls that he has. But yeah, he had a great season last year, you know, doing well on the Corn Ferry Tour. So that's kind of the ultimate, right? These guys want to perform and play well and graduate to the Corn Ferry Tour and then ultimately the PGA Tour and like I said, similar to last year's event, you know, this is the final full field event of the season. So there's a lot at stake and we anticipate a really exciting, you know, finish to the regular season before the players, uh, they ultimately are going to head to Calgary the following week, the top 60 players um, to play in the Fortnite Cup championship. Yeah, that's very cool. Talk a little bit, Amy, about the, I know you've had quite uh, good success on the guys who moved up, not only on Corn Ferry, but also uh, some guys who have had success on the PGA Tour. Just And they were last year, they were on the Canadian Tour. You're exactly right. You know, that's, you know, our mission is essentially twofold. Uh, the first part of our mission is to uh, prepare players for the next level, graduate them, and ultimately help them get to the PGA Tour. Um, and since 2013 when PGA Tour Canada was established we've had 64 players go on to the PGA Tour um, and we've got 27 wins now um, including a lot of players that have played um, throughout PGA Tour Canada played in Brainerd last year uh, Jake Knapp who won the tournament last year he's on the Corn Ferry Tour and he's currently on a run where he's made the most consecutive cuts of the season He's sitting inside the top 30, um, and he's looking to secure PGA Tour status for next year. So as quickly as that, you know, they're playing in Brainerd last year, and they're going to be on the PGA Tour in a few short months here. So um, the difference in talent between the, the levels is, is not very uh, different, uh, essentially, and uh, the level and quality of play is, is, is at a premium. So we're excited for Jake, but we're also excited for – um, a new champion to emerge in Brainerd and, and ultimately try to get to the PJ Tour as well. Yeah, the level of play is extraordinary when you see these young guys. So it's fun to be, uh, I mean, I'm just an average hack, but when the uh, youngsters go back about 60 yards behind you and then hit it whistling over your head off the tee, <laughs> that's pretty fun exactly. to see. Exactly. <laughs> We've got, got um, 
sorry, sorry to interrupt. There's oh, a ahead. there's a player on our tour, um, or a couple of players. I think you can really see how far they're hitting the ball now. Um, there's a player named Charlie Reeder. He won a long drive competition that we did earlier this year um, at Elk Ridge in Saskatchewan, and he must have hit it 380 yards. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You don't know anything about Stuart McDonald, do you, Amy? I'm a McDonald from, it was my heritage from Canada. <laughs> yeah, you must be an East Coaster. I am, yes. Uh, uh, Nova Scotia, Cape Breton Island area was my family. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. So you actually are. That's amazing. It feels like everybody out there is is a Mick or a Mac of some sort. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Stuart's, Stuart's a great guy. Um He's kind of bounced between the Corn Ferry Tour and PGA Tour Canada. Um, he's having a great season, you know, winning in, at, in Ottawa at the Commissioner's Ottawa Open in a playoff um, with Devin Bling. I know that was quite a battle uh, with them. But, yeah, it's always good to have, you know, a Canadian playing well. And there's a lot of Americans on the leaderboard um, at the, sorry, on the Fortinet Cup uh, points list. So, it's going to be a little bit of a shift for our Canadian players who are used to having a, the fans behind them. I think in Brainerd, it tends to go a different way, which I think is great for the camaraderie and, and for the exposure for PGA Tour Canada as well. But, yeah, no, Stuart, Stu's a great guy. Always uh, kind of a mix. You've got a couple of guys with uh, two wins, I think, and a lot of one-win guys, but you really pretty much have to have to win at least one tournament during the year to reach the top five, which is the step up to the Corn Ferry, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly right. If I, you know, if I was to look at the Fortnite Cup points list, um, the top five players have all won an event. Um, Davis Lamb, who's number one on the points list right now, he's won two events. Uh, he's a pretty cool story as well. He he didn't have uh, full status on PGA Tour Canada this year. Um, in Edmonton, he was an, a, a Monday qualifier. And he went on to win the tournament. And that's the first time a Monday qualifier has ever done that. Uh, he then went on to win the following event at the Quebec Open. So uh, Davis is having a really strong season, and if he were to win again, he would receive what we call a, a battlefield promotion, which essentially would mean he automatically would go to the Corn Ferry Tour uh, the very next week and then retain status uh, next year. So uh, we've we've had a couple players do that in the past in terms of winning three times, but this is the first year where there's a battlefield eligibility. So think we're we're cheering on davis to to be the first player to accomplish that feat well that would be awesome and sam Choi's hot right now he just won correct sam Choi just won yep so sam is part of what we call uh pj tour university which is essentially the ranking system in the ncaa that allows those top players um from collegiate uh golf to enter into the pj tour system whether it's directly to the pj tour the corn ferry tour or um PGA Tour Canada or Latino America. Um, so yeah, so Sam, Sam is a byproduct of that. A really strong collegiate player, um, and just came off a win. So yeah, really good personality too. Somebody you would enjoy coming out to watch. Yeah, it should be. It should be really looking forward to it. Like we had said, the the young guys are also uh, oh, they're just so great. They just uh, kind of get life. I think a lot of times. When you live out of your suitcase, maybe that uh, develops that part of your personality. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's, um, you know, you kind of think of 
PGA Tour Canada is a bit of an entry-level job. You know, they're coming right out of college. The collegiate system is incredibly strong these days, but the one difference is that you're entering into a profession that's an individual sport and you went from having a coach or a school kind of take care of your travel and your meals and scheduling of classes and things like that were, were taken care of for you and, and all of a sudden you're put into a position where you have to do all of those things on your own. So it takes a little bit of an adjustment, but, you know, Sam's done a great job uh, adjusting and, you know, there are circumstances where, you know, these guys, um, you know, have to go, have to think outside of the box in terms of the best way to utilize their their funds and expenses for, sure. for the yeah. year. But we're really fortunate that the community has rallied behind the event. We've got a lot of people that have put up their hand to host players in their homes um, which always, which always is a is a not only a nice thing for the the players but the hosts because the players tend to keep in contact with them and you know if they do get to the PGA Tour they'll they'll still have those memories and they'll still um, have that relationship. Sure, exactly right. Amy, when do you when will you be in the Brainerd Lakes area? I will be there on Monday. Um, I really look forward to it. There's a a charity cruise. Uh, on Gull Lake that evening. Um, so we'll partake in that and get out in the water right away, which I look forward to. Then we'll have 60 or 70 pros at the qualifier on Monday, I think at the preserve as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So the preserve is hosting the, the open qualifier. Uh, the top eight players will earn a spot into the tournament proper. So uh, we have an open qualifier at every single tournament. It really allows for, um, local talent whether it's in Brainerd or around Minnesota um, an opportunity to to get into the field which is really exciting because I think people often enjoy um, supporting you know local local players. Amy I sure appreciate you taking the time it's Amy Roberts senior manager tournament business of affairs for the PGA Tour Canada hopefully you can uh, get here and enjoy the Brainerd Lakes hospitality be great to see you. I can't wait. I look forward to to getting there in a few weeks. All right. Thanks, Amy. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also 105.1 FM and streaming at KLIZ.com. And if you're a podcaster, you can find us at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by the T-Hive Custom Apparel for your business, event, team, or family, and online at teahive.com. Chris um, played out in Seattle. I was on vacation for a week in Seattle, and um, I have a buddy out there played with many times in my life, and one of his great quotes to me years ago that probably still holds true, I could generally outdrive him, probably putt with him, and uh, he would say to me on occasion, you should have practiced your chipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone there, Max. <laughs> I think from 100 yards in, Chris, isn't that where most of us need some help? Yeah, and I would say even closer than that. If thirty, if you just focused on 30 yards and in, yep. uh, it would have a, have a big impact on your game. And, uh, you know, I... I obviously spend all day every day on the lesson tee and um 
work with a lot of people on their short game. And, uh, you know, the people that I'm working with are committed to getting better generally, and they, they want to get better. And when we spend time on that, they get better techniques. But, you know, when I, I, I live on the 10th hole of Madden's West Golf Course and sit out there in the evening and watch people come through and, it's uh, it's amazing how many people from you know thirty yards and in it takes several shots to get on the green, and um, I always think you know if if you can from say thirty yards and in because that's a that's a shot no matter what level you're at that people can can hit uh, if you can even just get those on the green every time you're going to save save yourself a lot of shots right. So, you know, my friend Hank Haney says, says no, no two chips, meaning from 30 yards in, get it on the green every time. Minimize three putts and then eliminate as many penalty strokes as you can. And you're, you're going to play better golf on that alone. But, you know, if, if from 30 yards and in, if you can just get it on the green and, and learn, to, learn to get the ball up in the air. Most people, you know, you're using a high lofted club. Uh, in that circumstance, typically. And the biggest thing I see, see people do is they, they try to, you know, the feeling of having to lift the ball up in the air. Well, if you, you've got a club that does that for you, so just like in the full swing, anytime the ball's off the ground, you've got to hit the golf ball on the downward side of the swing, not the upward side of the swing. Yeah. So it, if, if you can learn to get the club to reach its low point on the target side of the golf ball right away you're going to be able to get the ball up in the air and once you can get reasonably solid contact uh then it's it's much easier to work on distance control and that that's kind of the key to the short game like we talked last week about putting is that uh the better you are at distance control the better the better your putting is going to be same with chipping and pitching so if you can, uh, if you can just get better at that aspect of the game, huge impact on your scores. Yeah, I la- I added a club after one of our lessons last year, the gap wedge, which I had never had before. And for me, that's a full swing, 70, 80 yards, 75 to 80 yards is almost just about every time, and that's been uh, that's been a good game changer for me because I'm at that distance fairly often. Uh, is there a is there a full swing club, or do we need to be a uh, half swing and inside, say fifty? No, I think you know. I think it's relative to how far you hit the golf ball. Yeah. But all of it, all of us have an easier time, you know, when we can make a full swing at a golf, yeah, at the ball. Right. And um, you know, especially especially if if you're not an elite level player, uh, full swings are just easier in general. And, you know, I know for me, I, I've got, I've got some golf coming up over the next couple of months and I'll start working on my game. And the hardest part for me always to get back is the, is the partial shots. Yeah. You know, the, the, the full swing, you can, you can get back pretty easy, but just what we're talking about, those 50 to, you know, 30 yard shots. And when, when you're around the green, chipping the ball, pitching the ball, and, um, so I, I'm, my, my game plan is to spend, you know, as I'm practicing, I'm going to spend uh, a good portion of tr- time getting comfortable hitting the driver. And it's, for me, as much as anything, that's just confidence with the driver because I always drive it relatively straight. Uh, I'm going to spend 
quite a bit of time on on shots from 130 to 180 yards uh, so I can hit more greens and I'm going to spend a bunch of time around the green just making sure I'm comfortable especially uh, pitching the golf ball yeah yeah the partial shots kind of the that's that's what you always hear about great hands or the feel shots out there is what and that really that's really what it is is feel shots so you, if it's a feel shot you better practice <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, the, the way that so many of these guys who have such great feel, it, it's number one because they have good technique and they've spent a lot, a lot of time around the greens. And, you know, if you, when you see these kids who are so good uh, with short game, I can guarantee you they've spent many hours not necessarily working on technique, but they've got good technique, but they've spent many hours around the greens just playing games and, hitting shots and having having fun around the green right good advice have fun around the green so you can have fun around the green later on (laughs) exactly all right thank you chris thank you mac that's chris foley i'm colin mcdonald you've been listening to lakes woods and irons on the fan